Hey, Glenn. Hi. How are you? I didn't know whether to say good morning or good afternoon because it's 11.59. <laughs> it's that place. It's that in-between place where you... Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Warming um, up, finally. Yeah. I had a few questions I wanted to ask you. And... um as far as what's happening, what do you mean, like what's in my life, or, or anything that is important in your life is important to me. Oh, <laughs> I, well, thank you for that, Glenn. What's well, happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one question I wanted to ask you: Do you still sell the newspaper? Are you still able to do that? Unfortunately, uh, that's a question which is difficult for me to answer at this particular moment in time because of the fact that when uh, we were left without electricity and um, snow and rain melted, it flooded the basement to a level of about uh, the length of my legs. I had, in fact, moved all of the um, uh, issues three through to, um, I think it's 17, uh, which had the green on the front mm-hmm. into the basement so that they would be in a different place than the last issues, which I think are 18 to 22 or 23, I forget now, um, in a different place. So when it flooded, 5,000 newspapers of issues 3 to um, 18, 17, 18, somewhere in there, uh, rose in the water, flipped the boxes over, and the papers were all ruined by water. Uh, Until such time as I can clean up properly and and uh, move away all the the dead papers. I'm not certain if any of those first issues survive. But uh, the um, the ones with the orange on the front, uh, they survived, and they would be the last four, four or five whatever it is, uh, issues, um, and uh, I'll only know when uh, when I can clean out the basement properly, and that requires at least uh, a week or two of sunshine, because I tried taking them out completely, and... Uh, it's uh, your hands get all wet, 
the uh, boxes are full of ice, and uh, your hands freeze. Mm-hmm. Because that's the answer to that question, mm-hmm. which basically means no, but maybe. <laughs> maybe some. As a matter of fact, I had a, an order uh, here for a set of papers um, that um, I realized at the last minute that I couldn't send them because of the fact that the request was, uh, in my opinion, a, uh, a request for other reasons than being helpful. Uh, and I had I had that one on the dining room ready to go. Then I changed my mind, never cashed their check, uh, and uh, left it there. But over the last week or so, I got an order uh, following a phone call from where I'm told is Wales uh, in Great Britain. And the request from the guy there can be helpful because he's in the midst of it or unhelpful because they are following up on the fact you didn't get the first one. Um uh, that that they had hoped to get. I sent them that copy when they sent the funds. I deposited the funds in the uh, my uh, CIPI account, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not touching them until I know for sure that person that requested them has. Uh, an honorable intent. Mm-hmm. If he has no honorable intent, then I don't want the money and I don't use the money. Mm-hmm. I have a few of those uh, that I've recognized along the way and uh, uh, Checks basically totaling about uh, $700 were posted on the wall. Just yeah. That I'd remember. Because I asked because the uh, guy was emailing me. I, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, some anonymous person emailed me yesterday. And I was wondering, and I said a similar answer. I said uh, he doesn't have electricity, so I don't know. The situation is a little changed, so I don't know if he'll be able to. And I gave him the phone number and, you know, the P.O. box and the instructions, you know, and suggested, you know, if he possibly call you and he could find out. Yeah. I uh, I don't answer the telephone uh, if there is no name and I don't recognize who's calling. Uh, I don't have uh, time to spend 
I got too much work in the number of hours, especially in the winter time. Yeah. You know that that I have to work the farm and everything else with. And um, the case of Jennifer, of course, has priority. So uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, and I I uh, I don't expect any uh, any phone calls uh, would be answered. If somebody wants something, uh, they should write a letter and include their name and address and phone number, and then I'll make a decision if I have the time. Mm. I don't want money from people for the sake of receiving money. You know? mm -hmm. uh, I want people who have an interest in history. Uh, I'm not asking that they be believers, but I'm also not asking they be non-believers. I'm just uh, dealing with people because I know they can't be believers because they haven't had the evidence. But uh, yeah. and and that's reasonable. But to be non-believers means just to get in the way, and I don't have time for that. Yep. Question answered. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> well, this is an old question. Um, you, you might find it a little redundant. It's. Um, I found uh, things redundant, and I didn't answer. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I'd be. <laughs> I've repeated the same things over. Hundreds of thousands of times. <laughs> I, I was just talking to Dana about that. Yeah. <laughs> I said um, I was saying uh, like we we've heard about like electromagnetism mm -hmm. and how it works from like every aspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, there is a benefit to that. So. Well, one of the things that I found as I gave meetings going across the country is that there were people who were traveling with me from meeting to meeting and, and heard every meeting. Um, and that's basically where I, I spoke to somewhere between 300 and 500,000 people as I traveled. But the few that, that were with me uh, often remarked uh, that uh, each meeting was different. The message was different. Yeah. And the conclusion that I made was, no, it's not. <laughs> it's only that when you listen to the same thing over and over again, every time you reach a, a, a point that is of interest to you, your brain takes off yeah. and works out what you've just heard in your head and then comes back. 
But while you were away, I was talking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so when you listen to the message the second time, your brain doesn't leave at the same point as it did the first time. It leaves at a different time because it didn't hear what I said that first time. Okay. And and that continues because normally the as you know, uh meetings lasted about four hours. So there were many opportunities for the brain in the same speech to leave and go someplace else. And for each person it's different. But as far as I was concerned, uh, I wasn't speaking from notes, so what I was saying was the same thing, but not in the same order. I will say I've noticed an update over the years, though. It's the same story, but there's more detail added as you learn more. I will say that. I noticed that. I agree with that. If... uh, during the question period or the time in between, I was talking to somebody and and their questions caused me to think, well, maybe I didn't explain this, and then I would add something uh, for clarification purposes, but the, the general talk was the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was based on what I knew to that point. Mm, yeah, very good point, yeah. You know, there's some things I didn't know because it was never a question. You know, genetic engineering, which I know today goes back thousands of years before the Ice Age, uh, we are being told is being developed today. So when I hear somebody say something on the news about, oh, we got some news, you know. (laughs) We just found out. (laughs) I just found out. (laughs) It's it's a little strange to me to, to hear people talk on the news. But the key word is there's a mission. And the mission is not in our favor. The mission is in the favor of the original people who planned to use us as a laboratory. And when I say us, everybody born since the Ice Age, uh, mostly since the story of Noah's Ark, have been in a laboratory, born, lived, died with basically the genetic uh, task being modified down to the point where they got it today, where they can make a baseball player, can make a doctor, can make a specialist in physics, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Whereas Along the way, it was a lot broader than that. You couldn't make physicists, you know, 3,000 years ago because 
nobody that was around at that time would be able to follow the discussion. Very few people understand the philosophers of our our period, when I say our period, the last 10,000 years or so. Uh, and most of them still to this day wouldn't be able to follow philosophers' discussions because they weren't taught. The code explaining that is the word mission is their task, and it comes from the original people before the Ice Age. So you put the two together, and what you have is an old mission. Now, if I say I have an old mission, people might not get it, but if I say the media's task is to tell us the truth but lie by omission, they omit to add the things they are aware of that might help us understand what's really going on. and leave us hanging with only a portion of the story. Now, they are allowed to evolve the story, but only once they're given permission to open up on a point of omission. system needs to know that their um, guinea pigs have evolved to a level where they won't question certain facts that have been kept from them. Now, all that means is that since at the beginning everything's a secret, and then you evolve the process, the number of things that are not known are shrunken down and down and down like going up a pyramid. You have less and less around you hiding the truth until you get to a point where all of a sudden you will know for certain what the truth is, and we are arriving at that point because we are just three years away from a date that is known as 2020, which matches what an optometrist would say about, you will see clearly now. 2020 is what you see. So you can expect that what I've tried to get people to understand by jumping the queue and telling them what is being kept from them will then be picked up by the media because there's be there'll be no way they can hide the secrets anymore 
by the year 2020. Next question. <laughs> okay, um, this is kind of like a three-part question. It could it could be answered, I think, in one answer, but it's pretty pretty intense. It's well, the question is, um, what is the will of creation? How does one go about finding out the will of creation, and how do you will creation's will? Deep down inside of you, you have a place called subconscious. Mm -hmm. Most of the information contained in the subconscious are contained there for the purpose of not informing you. It's like there's a, a cop inside of you that says, no, don't talk about this. No, don't talk about that. That'll get you in trouble if you talk about this. Okay? Once you get beyond that, once you're able to say, I, so-and-so, so uh, no longer believe that I am being told the whole story by the sy system that's responsible for educating me. And that would mean everything from parents to um, godparents to extended family to kindergarten, to primary school, to secondary school, to college, university, master's degree. Put them all together, and they haven't yet told me the truth. Because with my own ears and eyes, I can see and, and, and feel and know that there's something going on here that's not right. Once you get that to that point in your own head and you can vocalize, verbalize it out to other people, you have given creation permission your will, that it shares its will with you. If you haven't reached that point, creation has other things to do. It's, it's not a person, it's a process. And therefore, you remain in the dark until you die, and then you find out you didn't have the entire version of events because you were basically a walking dead, a robot, whatever you want to call it. You're programmed by a system based 
upon um, genetic engineering, social engineering, enforced by electromagnetism. Anytime they want to get rid of you for good, and probably the reason why I'm still alive is because we're close to the end, uh, they would turn on the magnetism in a manner in which your uh, glands begin to clump and you get a deadly disease, whether it be strokes or heart attacks or cancer or senility, Alzheimer's being the ultimate, and you die without ever having heard the truth or suspecting the truth or knowing the truth. I think everybody suspects, unless they're mentally handicapped. <laughs> Next question. Uh, I think Dana. For me, so basically, that's... so this so this world is basically just about like you know if you can figure out that this world is just this laboratory and and as you say purgatory and overcoming the world that's the test that creation is waiting for the answer for like it, it it realizes that's what this world has become or maybe that's the reason for this whole world to be here to begin with and it's just how you can break through that it's like the, like a final filter a very complicated answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> see I did it in one word <laughs> but I had to give a lead up <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you have a bunch of people who know a lot more than we ever were taught, sitting around a table and looking at the stars and saying, we have a star, it's called the sun, it's going to burn itself out, and everybody's going to die. And it's going to be the end of this. How can we avoid that? Well, the answer is simple. There are billions and trillions of these stars around. What you have to do is find out how they're born, how they live, and how they die, and work out basically what's happening to your place and... The answer is you go to a place that's younger. Mm. You know, if you uh, if you live on uh, Mars and the sun's bigger and you can survive on Mars and the sun burns and gets smaller and smaller, you can't survive on Mars. You've got to go to a place called Earth so that you're closer to the sun to get the same as you used to get when the sun was bigger on Mars. And then if something happens to uh, 
the place you're at that is equal to what happened to Mars, you got to look to Venus as a place closer to the star. However, there's an end. You know, it's it's like uh, uh, people who say, uh, I live in Asia, and the politics in Asia is such that i got to run away. Where do I go? Well, the first place you go to is Europe. The second place you go to is is the South Pacific and the Atlantic and and uh, South America and North America. But once you've done that, there's no place to go but to change planets. But if you know that the same thing is being repeated every time, goes back to the story about, you know, if you do the same thing that fails every time, you got to learn an answer that's different than the one you've been on for four levels of civilization. Since we are in a fourth dimension, there were three before us. So what's the purpose of just changing places in an area that over time will just simply catch up to you again? If you believe, as we do, that you don't die because it's your genetics, your DNA, gets reproduced in another person and another person and another person. But it's always the same person learning lessons along the way. So if you say, I may only recall living this life. However, I know that my DNA is not going to die I obviously must be carrying the DNA of somebody that came before me, a little more educated along the way from being a plant or an animal or whatever. Got to be me here. But obviously when they say I'm dead, that DNA is going to make it to another life waiting to live, okay? So what could have been the most important lesson learned over four separate qualities of life? You know, was I a bug before I was a plant? Was I a plant before I was an animal? Was I an animal before I was a human of the quality we are today? What am I going to be if I become something that travels in space? Well, I'm not going to be there for my own benefit. I can guarantee you that because the only reason for exploring space is somebody wants to control where I'm going. 
And therefore, is there another option where they're not going to be there? And the answer is, if there are, as I've been told, 26 different universes, wouldn't the smart move be one of saying, is there any way I can move from this universe to another universe, a fifth universe, without them following behind the people who have this instinct to be control freaks. They're not happy controlling their own stuff. They want to control everybody else's stuff. And the answer is, yes, there is. And how do I get there? Well, science fiction tells you uh, and and literature tells you that the one thing we would want more than anything else is to be where we want to be rather than where we are. And we've been wasting our time on speed. How can I go faster to get there? How can I go faster? When the answer is really perfect speed, my friend, Jonathan Livingston Seagull, Jonathan, toilet, DNA, living stone, you were a stone at one time and now you're a living thing, okay? And the living stone is the one that reacts to the stuff around it and has like you know two different qualities of material in its makeup who expand at different speeds and whatever a living stone can break away from things and once they break away they're really free of their prison well the way to do that is to move to a different universe, not by speed, but by thought. Perfect speed, Jonathan, is being there. And pop, when the time comes, when the gang has been assembled, when the cats have been understood as to their real purpose on earth, as opposed to uh, us doing them a favor, they did us a favor. They gave us a chance to live. Well, when they're ready to circle the wagons and move out, if you will, it's not going to be a journey with, you know, moving the wagons. That's speed. It's going to be an explosion of thought in a manner 
that where you were, you are not, and where you are, you have never been before. That's how I have interpreted what has been said to me by the cell in this place over the last 17 years, although they had always been with me. They had not, in fact, contacted me directly because they were waiting for me to say to myself, I don't believe I'm being told the whole story by the media or anyone else. And the whole story would require that the media be holding back. And the word media comes from the word medi, which was the capital of media. And medi... And if you go to any cemetery and you look at stones, you'll find stones with the letters A and E stuck together. Diphthongs. And when you see the A and E stuck together, it's, it's a hint that in dying you get to understand that you've been an E and you can become an A if you understand, and if you change the E's in Medi to A's, and you re-scramble the word, it's Adam. Adam is on the eve of doing the right thing. hasn't done it yet. When's it going to do it? Twenty twenty. Or are they going to hang on tight and go down with the ship? Yeah, I've been meaning to ask you um, <clears throat> recently. Um, how do you interpret uh, what the news is saying, like with this uh, missile launch in Syria? Is this guy uh, is this guy just like carrying out the same mission as the previous president or the previous president before him? It all depends on what eventually he will tell us. At this stage of the game, it could be real, and it could be all a show. But you see, in his position, he has a problem. He's the boss of the bureaucrats and aristocrats. 
two groups of rats which control the world. How do you get to change the system when everybody who's doing something to prevent the system from going down a different path is in the way? You come out and say, "Uh aha, I figured it out. And then have revolutions. All he has to do is speak anything, and they've got a gang out in the street looking for an opportunity to hang him. So what do you do? Do you think about it and how you can help? your own thoughts coming about or live with the problem and die with the problem. It's a problem when you're the president of the United States. So what you obviously need to do is say, hey, I can have a meeting with other people I'm sure could use this information. But if I have it in the White House, all these bureaucrats and and, uh, technocrats or whatever rats there are running around are going to know in a second, and they're going to set up defenses against me, which... Probably they did against the Kennedys and Martin Luther King and you name them. Every time they go too far, they end up being assassinated. So the only way I could do it is to take those people whom I believe have it in their psyche to really change things <clears throat> into a place that I control and that creation can have access to them and the cell can have access to them and that they can be shown who the deep state controllers are. And that means you've got to have a place just above the roof. The shield is the roof. And It's a 1,000 feet underground at this particular place in North America. They didn't call it deep state for nothing. They are the eye of the storm. One way or another, 
the people will hear in a manner in which they can be convinced. You know what the cell told me? Do you think that the world will change by appearing as a strange person to a single person in an apparition that's called Fatima? Do you believe that a strange person appearing to three children will get the word across in a way that they would believe? Do you think that a group of people appearing to Glenn Keeley will get them to change the way in which they believe, Glenn Keeley being kind of the opposite end to the uh, apparitions by a strange woman to children. I think I'm described now as an old man. Well, no. What would make people believe we're going to test on Glenn Keeley. What we're going to do is give Glenn Keeley evidence that he cannot dispute that there is life after death. In a manner, you can't be basically dealing with children. And when I was visited and then visited the other place in Toronto, uh, and I came in contact with my uncle, who used to be a major vice president or something at the uh, Canada Post, Canadian Post Office headquarters, and my other uncle, who used to be the foreman at the Mint that made the money uh, on Sussex Drive. I could not deny that you don't live after death since they're dead, and I know that. But that would not be of any assistance to you, Jerd, or Danny. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a place where the people that you lived with And no, they died. Come and tell you what it's like on the other side of that period you call dying when what you're left with is a disentangled 
quantum, uh, your DNA being a, an entangled quantum, a microscopic little thing uh, that that is wound together as DNA is. If you disentangle it and you produce it as the person that you knew and then repeat the story with who you work with, two co-workers that when I was executive vice president uh, of uh, Campbell Electronic Printing, there was another guy who was executive vice president at Campbell Printing, the home office of the company that I was forming. And another guy who was running the small printing business side of things. Uh, and they were in assistance. Now, some of the people that were at that meeting, I did not recognize personally and was told that once I remember past lives, they'll fit in. Now, I don't know who in your life you would remember in that kind of manner that you worked, lived, or whatever with for uh, years beyond the age of 40. so that you're not remembering childhood stuff only, that you're remembering uh, as an adult. But everybody has them. And when those people who um, believed something to the point where they were marketing a lie on behalf of the system, uh, come face to face with the person that they were constantly referring to and remembering in trying to convince others to be like that person. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example that's not going to uh, uh, shock too many people. But, uh, you know, if uh, one guy I met really loved Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill was in a portrait over his mantle of his fireplace. And he told me one day that I reminded of, of Winston Churchill because 
Winston Churchill once said, never quit. Well, for that particular guy that was talking to me, if he ever was in a place where Winston Churchill appeared to him and talked to him directly and and said, yeah, John, I remember when you did this, that, and the other thing, and meeting and everything, then John would start believing that, hey, he's alive. Winston Churchill is alive. He's not dead, as I thought so. And he's telling me what I was saying about him was not always truthful. Some of it was, some of it wasn't, as with anything. And when it wasn't truthful, was it accidental? Was it programming? Was it um, bad education? Or was it because the person was simply misleading on purpose? But everybody has people they've known that would fit into the category of having been related or having been friends or having been uh, in uh, business together or what have you and have died. And when they meet those people, which is the intent of the farm's construction when the project goes ahead with the financing of 100 people putting $10 million to make a billion dollars, and Jennifer is here, and the cats are being... given an opportunity to roam the property uh, unimpeded by anything but what cats do and and that people get tuned in to some thing called a catmobile where voices are transmitted through the cats in a technology unknown to us, but not unknown to the controllers uh, of the future. Now, don't believe for a minute that Germany, for example, gives birth to technological geniuses who just invent things one after the other. Believe, rather, that there are technological geniuses who have come and died who transmit information to people who live 
who then put it down on paper and a new direction for technology goes forward. Until that transfer was done, they were just known as good people, engineers, whatever. Uh, but why is there a place on Earth that more than anywhere else comes up with great ideas? Why is that place, Central Europe, and Japan. Why is it that the people from there all have migrated towards the United States and Switzerland and Austria? Because that's the plan. You pass on information so that what you know is used by people in a different life, in a different context, with more and more things around it that needed to be there before that information was passed on. And the first thing you know, a new invention or a new society comes out of it. Now, who are these people in Central Europe? They are the people who were shipped out of the Middle East in a project to distribute around the world the next steps in developing a laboratory that answers all the techno technical, technological questions that need to be answered by a larger group than the gang sitting around the table looking at the stars crying prior to the Ice Age. Even though they knew everything, they couldn't pass on the knowledge without testing out every aspect of it, and they just didn't have enough people. So they developed an idea that said, hey, there's going to be an ice age. Let's hide during that ice age. Let's destroy what we have, much of it on the surface there, and then we can control this project from below. But you can't go below because there's heat and there's pressure and there's blah, blah, blah. Ah, but remember one thing, there are volcanoes in the world. And they start at the bottom and they come out at the top. And somewhere along in between those two places, there has to be an eye of the storm type of location. And that place in between we call moho discontinuity. Moho is homo. 
that is pasteurized milk. Pasteurized milk has milk on the bottom and cream on top. And when you take the bottle and you shake it, and the cream mixes with the milk, you have homo milk. And then you can feed all of the people all of the benefits and come to the different conclusions you need to come about everything you know one bit at a time. And you can't do it with the population of the size before the Ice Age because our calculus says that you need to have approximately 7 billion people that lived and died to prepare 7 billion people who live and work and try to survive. And all of that put together will take at least 10,000 years. So if the Ice Age is going to, for all intents and purposes, end at 8,000 B.C., which it began at 24,000 B.C., then you have 8,000 years to the answer and 2,000 years to check it out. And that brings us to the year 2000. Because you pretend that people were born 4,000 years after 8,000 B.C., which is 4,000 B.C., and then you go through a process of saying the answer is, is evident to the controllers in that group by the year zero, and you create a race that will take you to the end, 2000 B.C., 2000 A.D., and that race is called Caucasian instead of Asian, where they come from. And we will symbolize them by, at the end of it, that journey, you don't want those people to be around, so we'll have a symbol of one person who dies for everybody else so that they may live. Now change it to one race who dies so that everyone else can live. That means if you have that race as being white and everybody else being colored of one kind or another, you have to, over the period of time, allow the white race to be different and then merge it slowly in to the point where there's no white people anymore. They are 
crucified. What's the ultimate color? Well, the guys who are controlling the show went underground. They are modeled on the ant. Above ground, the people will be tan. Ant, tan. How do you get tan? Well, obviously you intermarry and mix the genetics together until the color changes. So there's no more black and there's no more white, but someplace in between there is a tan. M sounds like 10 to me, number 10. And therefore, they write up an order of numbers and they say zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine. That's one set. But the ten is two and one. One and zero. Black and white. got to make a person for the future and it's got to be black and white. So let's pick tan. Go with tan. I heard about that the ten. I think of uh, like today when you apply that, like that background history. That's what I find is really helpful. You get that background knowledge, prehistory, and you know their goals, and you apply that to the current uh, world stage. Well, remember they made a movie called Ten. The perfect woman was a ten. Well, the perfect woman is not a woman. The perfect woman is a homogenized, homogenized human being that has male and female mixed together and has technology added and has color. What you look at is a beautiful tan woman. But no woman lives there because on the inside, the control mechanism is male. But no man lives there because it's run by a machine. Two in one. Three in one. Three pyramids and a sphinx. What is the Sphinx but a lion? Lion man. Not a man. (laughs) It's a (laughs) an ass. 
you remember that, right? In history, that sculpture, the lion man? Yeah. In any event, time has come for me to go feed some animals Understood. and take a half-hour break before I have to shut off the farm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it should be warmer up there this week for you, so. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness, because even the temperature now at, at uh, this morning, it was minus one or zero or plus one. It feels damp. It feels colder than it is. So I could basically use a few days of, say, plus 15, plus 20. <laughs> I don't really need to go much beyond that. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Sorry. Monday Monday is in Celsius 22, and Tuesday 14, Wednesday 9, Thursday 13. It's so. uh, an improvement over the last, what, four months. But thank goodness that uh, we have, at least in a self-serving way here, warmer temperatures during the winter time because uh, what I would prefer to see is a year that has four seasons not like we've had in Canada which is uh, 11 months of cold and one month of bad skiing <laughs> <laughs> right, Glenn. Is there anything else you need answers to that I might be able to help? Um, considering that you have to beat the sun before it goes down, I think I'll wait. Okay. Yeah. So, Thank you for um, awakening. <laughs> Thank Thanks you for being there. <laughs> yeah. And it's not easy, and it can't be done overnight, so don't expect it from anybody you contact. And always remind them that you're not asking them to believe until they themselves get direct evidence. They should be able to say, I don't know whether there is life after death because I have never seen proof. Neither, however, do I not believe that there is because I have not seen proof of that either. Yep. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Oh, right.